What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, gosh, a lot of stuff has happened this week, aside from the fact that I've got, like, killer allergies. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, I hate this uh, this yellow pollen that's all over the place. Oh, man. Like, Claritin just does not cut it for me, apparently. So if y'all have any suggestions for me, let me know. Uh, I've always had terrible allergies around this time of year, but... Anyway, so welcome spring, I guess. But so, uh, yeah, this week has been absolutely wild, guys. Like this has probably been, I've probably had more movement on crazy cards this week than I ever, ever, ever have. Um, it's exciting. It's uh, it's sad. It's happy. It's movement and just. Uh, like I've been telling you all in the past, I'm a movement junkie and it has been so fun. So I'm going to use this a little bit as my own personal therapy session uh, for you to listen. Um, and, uh, you know, gosh, let me know what your thoughts are. I mean, it'd be, it'd be fun. <coughs> Excuse me. It'd be fun to, to be able to hear uh, what you have to say. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully some of you all will... Uh, get a new perspective or a different perspective on some things that might help you down the road. So as you know, the main things I'm into are Conseco cards and uh, vintage, vintage key cards that are low grade, but high eye appeal in particular. So uh, I probably don't think I really want to say exactly what I've moved yet. Um, I'll, I'll leave that for another for another time, but I'll, I'll say this. I, I moved uh, some big pieces, some big pieces from my vintage collection and some big pieces from my Canseco collection. And uh, I don't know guys, like I think, uh, I think my philosophy is kind of shifting a little bit on collecting and maybe it's just being more defined. Maybe that's a better, a better uh, description of it. But anyways, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. So I've had some people reach out to me um, and make some like you know really big offers on some some cards, and so <clears throat> I was kind of stuck with the with the thought of if I don't take this um, these offers, uh, nothing negative will happen. I will still keep the cards that I love. And uh, that'll be that. <clears throat> and uh, you know, the the downside is, of course, especially for the vintage, is if they go down in price, um, or even if they don't, it's very possible that I will never get the prices that these people have offered before in, in the past uh, or ever in the future. So you know, with that said, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that happen. <laughs> like tons of different uh, ramifications uh, to if I actually decide to sell. So, uh, you know, what happens if I sell? Number one, uh, I make a good profit. Uh, number two, uh, there's a possibility of the cards increasing exponentially in value down the road where I get really, you know, depressed about that. <laughs> you don't want to sell a card for, uh, you know, say a hundred dollars or thousand dollars or whatever, only to find out that they're going to raise in value to, you know, 10 X, you know, down the road. 
But another thing that's really interesting to me, guys, is uh, the the freeing, the the ability to actually do different things with the money that you had tied up in the cards. Uh, and I've uh, I have a past record of uh, things working out really really well when I was in a position to buy things. Um, so the things that I held so tightly, so dearly, the Kinseiko collection, the Super Collection, um, my first rendition of my vintage collection, every time I sold, I was able to get things that were cooler and better. And maybe that has to do with the fact that I'm more educated um, <clears throat> on certain things. You know, I'm not really sure, and I'm sorry if this is like a stopper, uh, if this sounds like I'm stopping and starting a lot of times, I... Uh, I'm just uh, having to clear my throat and cough a lot. <laughs> like I said, these allergies really suck. But um, anyway, so I'm not really sure, uh, you know, basically uh, if somebody comes to me with a, with a great price on certain cards, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, uh, if I could, uh, if I could or should turn down these offers. So the last week I haven't been turning down the offers and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it, I keep thinking on the on the path I've been on. The Kinseiko collection, it was fantastic. I loved it so much. The super collection I sold back in 2018, it was a it was a beautiful, wonderful collection, and uh, I was able to get a lot of uh, you know fanfare from it, and uh, you know a lot of people just really admired it. But it would have been a mistake if I kept it. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do nearly any of the cool things I was able to uh, with the money. So uh, same thing with like the vintage cards that I bought with the money afterwards. Um, they would have been fantastic, like absolutely glorious still, uh, but not nearly as amazing um, as if I wouldn't have, uh, you know, sold those and gotten the, the other vintage cards. So, <clears throat> you know, I guess, um, you know, with that in mind, I think I'm probably not collecting so much with the closed uh, fist anymore. It's more of like with an open hand. Um, now there's two different, um, philosophies here that I'm kind of dealing with, with both of my different collections because they're different types of collections. So the Canseco collection, uh, there's probably just a handful of people out there that would just love to have these special rare inserts and parallels and prototypes and one of ones and that sort of thing they have. Um, it's more of like a, uh, you know, certainly not an investment. You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to put my Conseco collection into the guilty pleasure, um, uh, category because it certainly, you know, is very valuable and it's very valuable to other people as well, but it's different with vintage. Like everybody wants, um, <clears throat> like a 1915 Cracker Jack Shields Joe Jackson or, you know, a 33 Ruth or that sort of thing. So, it's definitely, there's definitely a different mindset going in. There's more heartstrings that are uh, tugged on when it comes to the Kinseiko stuff. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, um, you know, I've kind of applied my uh, more of like an open hand uh, feel for both collections, but they're for different reasons. So when it comes to the vintage, um, I feel like uh, I can bet on myself to... Uh, use the money if somebody is willing to pay well for some cards that I have to do better by spending the time and the effort uh, looking for deals. And uh, and if that's the case, then you know you, you never really lose as long as you find the right stuff. 
you know, I think that's really kind of a, a matter of uh, being, being patient, but not too patient. So you don't, you know, <laughs> miss things, but also, uh, um, you know, being willing to dig in and see what else is out there. Uh, so that's one thing when it comes to the vintage, you know, so, you know, I'm probably much more concerned about the values of the cards I've sold skyrocketing even further. Um, I've done really well on them. You know, I've done very well on them, but, uh, my concern is what if they do two, three, four, five times better than they are now. <laughs> and I guess, like I said, that's kind of the name of the game. That's part of it. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so with that in mind, I'm, kind of betting on myself to be able to do better than what I think these cards will do if I just held them. Now, I could be completely wrong. I might not be able to find something else that's better. I might overpay for something myself because I fall in love with it because I don't just uh, buy with my head, I buy with my heart also. And that's, you know, a big no-no when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, investing, quote unquote, investing in baseball cards. I can't do it without my heart also, <laughs> but so far it's worked out pretty well for me. Now, on the other hand, uh, Canseco cards are different. Um, it, especially when it comes to the one of ones and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this in my head. There are some pieces that I've, uh, that I've let go of that I know I'll never see again, uh, over this past week. But, uh, I also know that there's a number of them that are super hard and I may not see them again. However, it gives me, um, this catch and release feel, the, the hunt, the excitement of the thrill of the hunt. Uh, and I, I think I'm probably able to say this more now because I've bought and sold certain like grail cards two or three times over now where I know, Hey, listen, with, uh, with enough time, effort, uh, work, research, these are able to be had again. You know, they're so like if it's a super rare 90s card out of 25 or 30 or 50 or whatever, they'll pop. They will pop up again. Uh, and, and maybe not necessarily on eBay, but because I'm in a position where everybody knows me as the Canseco guy, everybody with their Canseco card seems to come to me. Uh, first, which is fantastic, and I love it, um, and I hope that does not stop anytime soon because I just I just get so I, I get so excited to be able to land some really cool cards. But um, you know, to give you an example, like let's say uh, the '98 Donner's Crusade Red, um, you know, I, I still have that one, uh, but if I sold it, and uh, knowing that I could possibly uh, search for it again. Um, as long as I make enough money, you know, to justify actually doing it, you know, to sell it to somebody else, um, I might possibly do it, uh, just because it's fun to look for it again. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's definitely an open hand, uh, collecting philosophy. And, you know, you, you obviously run the risk of never seeing a card again. And, uh, but that's the thing though, is there's always going to be other special cards out there, and, and really, I'm I'm kind of starting to feel this more at a heart level that, you know, you can't have it all, and even if you did, you know, what happens when you have it all? Is that where satisfaction is? No, collecting, at least for me, is the thrill of the hunt. So, uh, it, so it's kind of like a catch and release philosophy, also, where it's like, okay, you get it, and you display it, you enjoy it. If somebody wants to pay big money for a certain card or whatever. Um, 
I think I'm kind of taking more of the philosophy of, you know, maybe I'll do it. Uh, I mean, I've done it for a few other cards, uh, like I said already this past week, and there's a little bit of a tinge of like, oh, what did I do? What am I doing here? What's going on? But like, it gets my heart pumping and, you know, gets me alert and awake to start looking for the cards again and possibly making deals with other people that I know where they have them. And uh, it's just so much fun, guys. Like, it's it's really enjoyable. Um, it's really enjoyable to me. It's it's not like a a pain, like a like a hurt, because um, I feel like sometimes, especially whenever I was a super collector, every card that I picked up was a mountain that was conquered, and that's really kind of all there was. Like you couldn't do anything else other than look and go on to the next card and find the next card that was conquerable, and then you know it's like this never-ending cycle, and so. You know, gosh, I don't know. I, uh, I, <laughs> I had a, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine. Um, you know, a few days ago. I'm not sure if he wants to be uh, uh, named, but you know, he he basically he's been buying a lot of stuff from me. And he said, you know, Tanner, I think what I'm finding is the the more cards that I'm picking up, the less special everything is. And uh, and I don't know. That was more profound I need to give him more kudos on that because the more profound the more I think about that the more profound it, it seems to me um, uh, because I I'm in what what I'm call what I'm calling the uh, the diamond cutting phase of my collection my Consego collection I now have I think 150 cards um, and that's it 150 Conseco cards I mean that's uh like to me that's a that's a pretty you know, that that's very low. Uh, but I will say this, and, and also I had a, a few, I had a few doubles um, of some really special cards and I moved some of those and just with like different patches and stuff. And it's kind of funny because like I'm looking at them and psychologically something unexpected happened. Um, I didn't necessarily miss having both cards or all three cards, or whatever it was, I just enjoyed, uh, like I enjoy the card that I have so much more now instead. Um, really weird, right? Like, what, you know, that's, it's addition by subtraction, uh, less is more, like all this stuff is really kind of, uh, is really kind of uh, ringing true for me here, and I, again, I'm sorry, I kind of, kind of messed up steering wheel, I'm driving to pick up my son here. Um, but, uh, but my goodness, like it's weird. And I'll give you like a, a, a very specific example. Um, so I did a big deal with uh, a buddy of mine. He's, we've become good friends through the, through Conseco collecting where he got, um, you know, three cards of mine, three patch cards that were about the same. And it was kind of a deal. I don't want to say they're throw-ins because they weren't throw-ins. They're, I mean, my gosh, they're centerpieces for a lot of people's collections. Um, but they were they were cards that uh, I was on the phone with him. We were going back and forth, and and it's like I agreed to doing something, which the money was great, but I immediately regretted uh, afterwards. And, and in fact, uh, you know, I woke up. Uh, you know, the next day going like, man, I wish I didn't do that. So I hit him up in the morning. I'm like, Hey brother, uh, I want to see if I, I know I haven't sent out the cards yet to you. Um, and I know we just did the seal, but I'm wondering, is there any possible way that you'll entertain a trade, 
uh, you know, for, uh, for one of those patch cards back, which is my favorite. And he's like, yeah, I mean, you can always, uh, you know, post something up and, and let me know what you think. And I was like, okay. So I start going through my collection and I start really looking like, is this card here in my collection just because it's here already and it's fun to have and that sort of thing? Or is it something that truly means something to me? Do I look at it and I go, wow, I love this card. And is it rare? Is it something that um, I won't be able to see again possibly? And so the patch card that I kept, um, and he was able, he did the deal. So again, like I said, movement, me moving the cards to him and then moving one of the cards back to me, all that movement just got my heart racing and it was fun stuff. It's, it was enjoyable. There's no, like doing all this stuff has, has shown me that there's really literally no way somebody can be bored with this hobby. If you continue to, uh, actively invest into it, um, invest your time into it like this. But anyway, so it, it's funny because I, I, I experienced like an entire range of emotions, you know, all the way up high of like, you know, Hey, we're doing this massive groundbreaking deal to low. Oh no, I'm missing a card to like, Hey, maybe he'll, uh, trade it back to me to, Oh no, he rejected me. But then he accepted uh, a you know counter offer and all of those range of all that range of emotions. And here I am having dealt, uh, you know, a handful of, of remarkable cards, getting a great price for them, uh, but missing a few cards where I was able to get one of them back, but a few of them where I know that I've got to be on the search for them again. Um, all of that is good. Uh, well, most all of it's good because it's obviously better to have than to not have <laughs> on certain cards. And so that's kind of where I am right now. However, you know, the hunt is on again, you know, it's, it's uh, and that's why I said guys, like it is so fun to be able to do this. And there's a lot of, uh, it's risky, right? It's risky to collect with an open hand. Um, and so, but I guess that's probably why this hobby is, feels like so alive to me because there's always something that can happen anytime at any time. Somebody could, could message me in the morning and say, Tanner, I found this like grail card. That's amazing. And, um, I don't want it. Do you want to buy it? Okay. Uh, or, you know, late, late at night, somebody could say, Hey Tanner, I've been thinking about this one card nonstop. I'm willing to pay a record breaking price for it. And you know, Hey, cool. You know, so, uh, or, you know, the next day I might be able to find something out there in the wild. That's, that's just like a ridiculously amazing card. All of this stuff is so super fun and being able to even do another trade that I did, by the way, I just wrapped up a trade that took like six months, guys. Like I think, um, I might've told you all about this before and we're trying to work on a, a secondary deal to go with this, but, um, there's some big cards I've never had before. And, uh, you know, and, and there's some, you know, serious firepower that went toward this trade, but it's cards I don't really care all that much about. So, you know, it's, it's fun. It's like my collection is ever changing. And, uh, I guess that's probably, uh, the antithesis of what a lot of you all out there do when it comes to collecting. There's some people out there that I know that they've collected for 20, 30 years, never sold a single thing. And so this whole thing might be foreign or weird or crazy. Uh, you know, I've, I've been called crazy many times before as well. Um, and I think that's right. You know, I think I am crazy, but, um, but man, it's so fun. It's so wild. It's so enjoyable. Uh, and I would never, uh, 
you know, I would never say sell something that you're not completely comfortable with, obviously. I mean, I don't want you to, to lose that on something that's got like, you know, crazy sentimental value and then, oh, it, poof, it's gone for good or whatever. But uh, if some of these cards are only in your collection and only meaningful just because they're rare, you know, maybe think about it again, maybe rethink it. Um, and I will give you another example here. There are a number of uh, prototypes of uh, Junk Wax Era and the Junk Wax Era that I picked up. Again, I don't want to be too terribly uh, uh, specific just yet, but somebody out of the blue reached out to me and uh, and we did a deal for him where <laughs> uh, some, of my, some of my prototypes left uh, about a week or two ago. And, um, you know, I, I never in a million years would have thought that I would have ever done that. I, I looked at these cards and I said, hmm, for years, by the way, guys, like in my old super collection, when I got them back, which, you know, for the second time, which by the way, you know, is a good indication that I very well could get these back again. Um, but they're sitting in my box. And I'm thinking, huh, I don't display these. Like, do I truly love them? Or are they in my collection just because I feel like they're supposed to be because they're uh, monumental cards? And uh, so <laughs> I realized, yep, they're not something that I would be willing or interested in uh, in displaying. They're not things, cards that I love to look at or whatever, and I don't just like drool over them. So uh, they left, <laughs> you know. And uh, so like the the whole trading game has opened up so many different avenues. Uh, for me and is opening my brain to think and consider things I would have never thought or considered in my wildest dreams in the past. And so it's just, uh, like I said, it's open hand collecting. It's, uh, it's not having a closed tight fist around the cards where nothing can take them away from you or whatever. It's an open hand being open and interested, uh, to hear what other people have to say about the cards and being ready, because obviously that's another thing, you have to be ready to make a deal. Um, and psychologically, emotionally, mentally, there's a lot that might possibly have to go on in your head to get you to a point to where you can and will be ready to move certain cards whenever the time arises. Um, and so you know, if you have a card, for instance, that you bought for $200, these are just you know plucked from air, uh, numbers here, but let's say you buy a card, good deal for $200 and somebody decides to uh, make an offer for $1,000, but you know it's super rare and you know you very well might not see it again for another year or two or three, um, but you will, uh, you know, think about that. Would you take the $800 profit to not have that card for a couple years? Um, you know, so think, think about that. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of where I've been. And, and of course, obviously there's another, uh, another, uh, warning, um, that comes along with it, that that card might be $2,000 next time it shows up. You never know, <laughs> or it might be a hundred. <laughs> so anyways, there's a whole lot of things to think about. There's, there's plenty of things going on in the hobby that can keep us, uh, entertained and interested and excited for, uh, years and years and years to come. I think this is a fantastic, exciting time uh, that we're in right now. So just, uh, you know, like I was telling somebody else the other day, just uh, just sit back, grab some popcorn, enjoy the ride, enjoy the excitement that this hobby can bring to us. And, uh, and yeah, consider 
collecting with an open hand instead of a closed fist. Thank you guys for listening and uh, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to hear your comments and your questions. I, I get all kinds of emails from you all uh, reaching out, telling me what your thoughts are on on the certain podcast or what you, you're going through with your collection or asking for advice. I'm happy to help. Uh, my email is tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Twitter at tanmanbbfan. Uh, I'm going to give you a plug for my book here, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. That is... Uh, on Amazon or you could buy one from me directly uh, if you want a signed copy. Uh, another thing, I love hearing feedback about my book. It's like my favorite thing is, oh, Tanner, I've read it two or three times now. I, I love hearing all that stuff, guys. So, you know, don't ever don't ever think you're bugging me if you're going <laughs> to give me props for my book. <laughs> but, uh, you know, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Tanman Baseball Fan. I'm, you know, pretty much everywhere there. So, anyways, thank you guys again for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic day and happy collecting.